financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, to my right, Alexander Collins. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Lovely, lovely. Uh, excited for the conference uh, this weekend. So we're going to the Washington Association of Notch Path Conference this weekend and uh, looking forward to meeting some current doctors that we know and some new doctors that we'll get to meet. Absolutely. Should be a good time. So in past conversations on this podcast, uh, we've we've really discussed you know philosophy around protection of income, emergency fund, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, we haven't really dove really into product, and so for today's conversation, we thought we would dive into a specific product that oftentimes many doctors have, uh, and that is our favorite topic, which is long-term disability. Everyone driving in your car that's listening to this, don't get too excited. Yes. Very stimulating conversation that we're about to have. <laughs> it's uh, it's critically important, although it can oftentimes be overlooked and it is oftentimes thought of as relatively dry and boring. Yeah. So, you know, just real quick refresh, long-term disability is a protection of your income if you were to get sick or injured and couldn't go to work. Um, as we've stated in, last, in several podcasts, you know, our greatest financial resource is our income. If that goes away, we're no longer helping people inside of our practice and we're no longer building uh, the, the life that we want. Correct. And for NDs, this actually becomes a bit more complicated because now there's three types of policies we need to take a look at. We'll start out jumping into the personal, which is going to be applicable to everyone. And then the other two are just applicable to, to folks that are owners. Yeah. And it, this is, it, you know, it's funny, a, a quick rabbit hole here, Alex. I know I'm weird that I'm the one that's doing it, but the quick rabbit hole is I was actually talking to my wife the other night about this and the, you know, a lot of people that are married and whatnot, they'll have conversations around life insurance. Uh, and they will oftentimes forget about the conversation around disability insurance. Either they have it through work or for whatever reason, disability insurance is just not popular, and I just used air quotes for those of you who can't see me, popular in conversation. And my wife asked me a question. She goes, well, isn't it more of a chance you become sick or injured than you dying tomorrow? I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yet, for whatever reason, in the financial planning world, as well as just the personal world of, of thinking of protection, the disability side just isn't talked about it that much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's significantly less talked about. It's significantly more likely to occur. The The numbers are anywhere between 25% and 40% likelihood of experiencing an injury or illness that lasts longer than 90 days during your working career, depending upon how far through your working career you are. And that's the key point that you just said. I think oftentimes people, when people think of long-term disability, they think of the, like, I just got diagnosed with Alzheimer's or some like well, they huge. Think of Christopher Reeves. Right. They think of somebody that wound up in as a quadriplegic in a in a, a wheelchair, and they think of an accident, whether it's a, a car accident or a horse riding accident or something of that nature. 
the vast majority of these claims wind up being due to illness. Something obscene like 80 to 90% of claims are due to illness, not due to injury. So I'll have you, the listener, think of this conversation as if you were to miss three months, six months, 12 months of pay because you couldn't go into work, or maybe you're not going into work as often, maybe you're only working part-time because of that. How does that affect you now? And how does that affect you even five years from now? Right. One of the big questions is, okay, if you've like, imagine having the flu for a year, I don't know about you, Ryan, but when I get the flu, I turn into a big baby and I'm just lying on the couch or lying in bed. Yeah. I, I Diane will mock me. <laughs> I'm a big pansy. So yes, that's correct. And so now imagine coming back to work after having been off for three months, six months, a year, like how much of your practice are you going to have to rebuild? Like what, and what assets on? did you have to die, dig into because you weren't getting a paycheck? Like it can be a really big blow. And that's if you come back to work. Right. So okay, now that we set the stage, now let's dive into what personal disability insurance. Let, let's talk about the, the biggest piece that oftentimes I think people overlook. And that's really what's the definition of disability? Well, it's huge. Like you were talking about life insurance earlier. Life insurance, we don't need to worry about the definition. There's not a whole lot of different definitions of dead. Like there's some minor things that we need to quibble over like you know, was this an act of war, things of that nature. And 98% of policies out there are going to cover everything. With disability, the definition of what is considered disabled is dramatically different. Is it your occupation? Is it anything that you're reasonably trained for? Or is it Social Security's definition, which is any occupation, meaning if you can push a broom, flip a burger, answer a phone, you're not considered disabled? So NDs, right? They've gone to years of schooling, oftentimes have taken on huge student loans to do this. And so, I mean, most NDs we speak with, they want that definition of own occupation because that's why they went to school is to become a doctor. Yeah. Absolutely. The Now, once we take a look at this stuff, we start digging into things like, okay, well, what is it that we want covered? I mean, there's typically five things that we care about when we look at a disability policy. We care about what's the definition. We care about how soon does it kick in? How long does it last? What's the benefit that I receive? And how much is the cost? And the good news is, like all of those things are flexible. And so we can design a policy however you want. Yeah, the design of disability insurance policies is very different for the most part than uh, say a life insurance policy, because again, you just listed five different characteristics of the policy that we can change and modify that affect one another. Like if we change how quickly we get paid, like if we make it longer, that will affect the cost. If we want to get paid quicker, that could maybe raise the cost. So, so definition, we just classified that. So true own occupation, meaning if you can't do your job today, then the policy will pay. Correct. The next definition is your own occupation or anything that you're reasonably trained for, which is, I mean, there's, we're starting to get into some gray area. 
there's some some ways the the insurance company can avoid paying the claim. It's it's less strong language, so it's less favorable to you the the doc who's being insured. Right, and then there's any occupation, which is if you can't do anything out there, then the policy will pay. Right, a hole big enough that you can drive a semi through. Right, so that's definition. Then you brought up how quickly you want to get paid. This is typically called the elimination period. The standard policy we tend to see out there tends to be 90 days, so three months. Um, and you can make this 180. You can make it 365. You can make it 30 or 60 if you wanted to. Right. So, again, that affects the the cost. The, the shorter duration raises it. The longer duration, in terms of until you get a paycheck, lowers it. And. Usually the sweet spot is somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 90 days to 365. The, after 90 days, the, the cost savings by reducing it starts becoming relatively small. And it becomes much harder to have 180 days of cash flow saved as opposed to 90 days. It becomes harder to have 365 days of cash flow saved versus 180. Right. Then there's, and we haven't even, <laughs> the biggest thing is, what do we want our benefit to be, right? So if we become disabled, how much do we want to get paid? Well, most people we talk to, they, you know, we ask them the question, how much of your money are you currently living on? Well, it's all of it because it's even the money that you're saving, that's for future self. So all of it is, is tends to be that, that answer. And obviously the higher the, the benefit, that also messes with cost. And who pays for what ha- has uh, a piece in this in terms of taxation as well. Yeah, when we start getting into the differences between group policies and individual policies, uh, group policies have some advantages. They're typically lower in cost. They- well, it doesn't that be a group policy. It could be if I own a practice and the practice is paying for my policy. Right. So if your employer is paying for the policy and deducting, the cost of the insurance, then that makes the benefit that you receive taxable. As an employee or an individual, oftentimes, not always, you can pay for uh, the taxes on the premium, which then makes it so that the premium or the benefit that you receive winds up being income tax free. Most disability companies will cap what you're able to, to receive at about 70% post-tax dollars, meaning that if you were making, and I'm gonna make the math super easy here, $100,000, that the most that you could receive on an after-tax basis would be $70,000 a year of benefit. Right, obviously the insurance company does wanna be on the hook for either a more of what you're currently making, or again, they want you to have some incentive to go back to work, otherwise maybe you wanna go outside and like drop a foot or drop a rock on your hand and now you can't go to work. So there's always there's always gonna be that piece that the insurance company is gonna have. Yeah, they wanna avoid incentivizing you to figure out a way to get hurt. Also, just about any policy self-inflicted wounds are considered not covered. Even if it's, I throw a rock at my business partner because he decided to. That's not self-inflicted. There you go. Got a way around it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So here's another. I should be worried about now. (laughs) Yes. We've had many conversations about that. Um, 
the, here's the other thing. So now that we have a monthly benefit, well, how long do we want that monthly benefit to come to us? Right? We can have a benefit that pays us for a year, two years, for life. Five years, 10 years, to age 65, to age 70. So again, just another lever in the disability policy to look at. The standard policy that we tend to get, especially on the personal side, tends to be to age 65. Sure. Um, but again, that's just part of the conversation to have with the person that you're working with from, from the design of the policy. And there's a couple other things that, that wind up being brought into this type of a policy. You mentioned student loans earlier. You can actually have an additional benefit built into your policy that will directly pay your student loan so that you know whatever that dollar amount is gets carved out and gets paid you know towards the the student loan this actually makes the policy less expensive to get more benefit we can do something similar with retirement plan contributions those dollars don't go directly to you they sit in a trust for you very similar to a 401k or another type of qualified retirement plan again those are just a couple of the nuances the last thing that I'm going to bring up as far as this goes is residual disability. So we talked about being out for anywhere from three months to a year. If you're out for a year, just hypothetical example, what happens when you walk back into your practice? It doesn't magically like turn back on. <laughs> right. All, did all of your patients stay? Might some of them have gone out and find another found another doc in the interim year and so now what happens to your income what residual disability is designed to do is it's designed to help you ramp back up so so long as you're you've you're down 10 to 20 percent income you will receive some prorated portion of your policy right so Obviously, there's there's different designs of the policy. The, the basics is what we're trying to go over today, and it's it's a serious conversation. This isn't such a blanket, you know, life insurance type quote that tends to be out there. This is a real conversation around. Okay, what do I? What kind of definition do I want? What type of riders do I want in this policy? How long do I want to get paid? What benefit do I want? So, make sure you're speaking to a professional that works with, in my opinion, works with people like you and ND, so that they designed the policy to fit the ebbs and flows of your business and what's happening and to protect your ultimate lifestyle. Yeah, making sure that they understand you and what you're going through and how to design a policy properly. So Alex mentioned there's three different types of disability policies that uh, an ND can have, uh, especially when you have a practice. We've got the personal one that we just went over. Another one is called business overhead. So if you were to become disabled, you'd have a monthly benefit maybe going to your personal side. If you had a business overhead policy, right? We have all have overhead in our business, right? We have to pay our employees. We got the rent. We've got utilities. We've got a bunch of overhead coming Just in. The base costs to run the business. So if you have a business overhead policy, that policy would cover just that. It's designed to keep the lights on and keep the business up and running and functional while you're away so that you're not having to siphon the cash out of the company to pay and keep it up. You, it's designed to make sure that you have something to walk back into when you come back. And that should be orchestrated with the personal policy, right? Like you should be having conversations about both of these to make sure that they're working in concert. Correct. This is not either or. 
this is if you're an owner of, of your own practice, make sure that you have both. And then the last one is what we would call a disability buyout. So this, this is for partners, partnerships. So if Alex and I, which we are business partners, if something happens to me and I become disabled and I can't go back to work, how is Alex, and I want out, how is Alex going to pay my 50% share of the business? I mean, unless you're sitting on a bunch of cash where you can stroke a check or an asset that you can sell and give me, which I don't know that we've ran across too many business owners that have that type of structure in their practice. What a disability payout will do, will pay Alex that sum of money of what I what the 50% uh, valuation is, and then he can stroke a check to me to buy me out and vice versa. Correct. This is designed to make it so that you don't inadvertently become uh, a, have a partner who is now no longer contributing to the, to the practice, but yet they're still receiving 50% of the profits of the practice or, or whatever the appropriate percentage is. And so now like if Ryan were to get hurt as his example talks about, and now I'm the only practitioner in our, in our practice, the profits are still getting going to get split 50 50 between Ryan and myself. Now I'm having to work twice as hard and I'm still giving half of the profits to Ryan. It's a win-win for me. Actually, maybe not because if I'm not there in the practice, the profits might not be as high. They definitely won't be as high. Well, unless I'm just, unless I'm not valuable at all. (laughs) No comment, Alex. So <laughs> the, the point that we're getting at, and oh, actually one other quick caveat to this, the disability buyout, if you have a partnership, you should have an operating agreement or a buy-sell type of agreement that should be orchestrated into that. Like that's the funding mechanism. How many times we run into an operating agreement and they have this buy-sell or this disability buyout policy, it's not even listed in the agreement. Right, or you've got the requirement and in the in the legal document, it suggests you should have the disability policy. Oh, and then you don't have it that way. So either way, it again, this is just a piece to make sure you're orchestrating inside of the business, all three of these. Absolutely. It's critical to have the language of the contract, the disability contract, mirror the language in your legal document. Because the last thing in the world that we want to have happen is let's say that the disability buyout gets triggered. And so now I'm required to buy Ryan out but Ryan is just about to come back to work and I get to go ahead and say, all right, Ryan, here's your million dollars. Bye-bye. Now I own the entire company. Now Ryan has to buy back in. Conversely, it's a bigger issue if Ryan is disabled, not able to work, and we then don't wind up having the proper language in the contract and so now there's no money for me to be able to buy Ryan out and he's disabled. That is a much bigger issue. Either way, it's an issue and we need to make sure that the language in the contract with the insurance company mirrors the language in the contract between Ryan and I in terms of when and how we get bought out. So we hope, you know, we, we've discussed three different types of policies around long-term disability. You've got the personal side, You've got business overhead, and we've got a disability buyout policy. And the, the purpose of today's conversation is, A, just have you think about it, step one. And then step two, 
what is it really protecting? Like you really like you don't buy disability insurance just because, right? Like, what is it protecting? What's the value of the policy? The value the value of the policy is protecting your income. Like I'm quite sure you're not driving a car right now. For those of you who are listening, and you don't have auto insurance, you're protecting that car. Well, you're also protecting yourself and the assets that you own, including the car. Exactly. Or did you buy an auto policy and maybe you just bought a policy that's covering the front bumper? I'm quite sure that's not the case either. So how are you protecting your income and how much of it do you want to protect? Definition, design of the policy is important. So make sure you're talking to someone that actually has some experience inside of your industry so that they can actually design and orchestrate everything that we've been talking about in this podcast. You got anything else, Alex, to add? Oh, you wrapped it up beautifully. Cool. As always, please visit us with any questions at holistic-finance.com. And that'll take you to our website. And you can ask us a question on the website there. And maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, for those of you who are in school, uh, feel free to ask us questions there. So we have podcasts around that. And then lastly, if you're getting any any value out of this podcast, my guess is you have friends that are in your industry that could possibly get some value out of it as well. So please share the podcast, share the information, not for the purpose of working with us, but just to get the information so they can actually do something with their financial, with their financial picture. So with all that being said, hope you're having a great day and we look forward to chatting with you next week. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Security, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-89302 Expiration, November 2021.